0: How can I prepare for the actual running the business part of having my own firm? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA question and answer series. It is question number 43. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA. And on today's question, we're going to talk about a very important part of uh, running your own firm. So if you go down this path, the uh, down the RIA model path, and, and whatever direction that might be, the the reality is you are still going to be a small business owner, and you're going to have new responsibilities for running that business that you you most likely did not have before. Uh, and so, kind of what I mean by that is, you know, part of discovering how to to run your own RIA is okay. How do I manage compliance? And how do I handle my marketing? Uh, And I would tell you for for each of those things, the the answer is, well, there's a process how to do it. And there's people that help you with how to do that. Uh, But, you know, and so we talk a lot about all my videos of how you handle that with compliance, how you handle with marketing, how you handle that with technology. But a big part of running your firm, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is how do I actually, as they say, you know, run the business from an operational standpoint? Okay, I'm gonna have employees, Oh, I need policies and procedures in place. How do I actually handle that? And I would tell you that's no different than those other items. There's a process to how to do it successfully, and there's people that can help you uh, manage all that. And so that's why I'm excited on today's video. You can see for anyone watching, uh, wonderful guest, Andrea Shalapia with Ironstone is joining us today. Andrea, thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, thank you for inviting me,
0: Brad. I'm looking forward to this collaboration. Absolutely. So uh, I'll turn it over to Andrea in just a second to give more background on uh, her and her firm. Uh, but I would just give a little plug of uh, how Andrea and I know each other. We, it's probably been ten years or so yeah. now, uh, and have I've seen Andrea countless times. At uh, unfortunately, not in the last twelve months with the pandemic, but at industry conferences uh, and then and then other events along the way. Uh, and I would tell you how I first met Andrew, and she doesn't know I'm I'm pointing <laughs> out this story is uh, sitting in, and it was probably ten years or so ago. Uh, one of her presentations at at one of these conferences, and, and besides the fact Andrew, you're you're a great speaker, I was just really impressed because it was I don't know 45 minutes long or however, and that thing was just jam packed with with not just content but but actionable takeaways that Andrew's helping all the advisors in the audience okay here's things you can go back and and implement today uh and then at the very end and, and now in, in 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 this day and age maybe i don't know if you do the the usb approach anymore but uh i remember oh you do right there okay uh and that's look at that on cue you didn't even know i was telling the story that <laughs> no i didn't I remember at the end of that presentation and then and, and, and then other ones in the years to follow that that uh, you know andrea said hey if anyone wants to come up, I've got plenty of them here. They're for free, uh, a USB memory stick with all kinds of templates and resources. And, and she wasn't selling them. She wasn't putting some sales pitch in. It was just absolutely genuine content and helping advisors. And and clearly, uh, a lot of people came up and got those memory sticks. And, and I'm sure a lot of those folks in turn turned into clients of hers because they saw the value and and, and how she's just there to help advisors. So I, I think that's very telling Andrea of the kind of person you are and, and how you help advisors, and so I'm, I'm super excited to have you on here today. Um, so we'll dive into some questions, but if you could start with a little background on yourself and your firm, I think that would be helpful.
1: Absolutely. Well, again, I appreciate the collaboration. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm impressed that you remembered that uh, thumb drive experience. So yes, we are consistent today of, of giving those out. You know, not the last year, but that is absolutely something that we love doing. So I have been in the industry a little over um, 25 years. It's frightening to say the number gets higher and higher every year. (laughs) Um, I got to sit in the advisor chair and I ultimately was given the opportunity by my mentor to start training new advisors that came in and I fell in love with that side. It changed my entire career path to more of a practice management focus. Um, and so I had the opportunity to then uh, work at three different mutual fund firms. So Dreyfus Prudential DWS Investments, which is Deutsche Bank, as you know. Um, and so I was the value add practice management person that came along with the wholesalers when they would come in the door with their bag, wanting you to uh, do business with them. And so it was all practice management focus. But in uh, 2002 and 2008, practice management isn't that awesome. <laughs> so those were downsizing years for me. I got to experience that two times uh, over my lifespan. And by the same exact boss, that was a groundhog. Oh, no. day. Yes, that was that's a, it's a good story for another time. But 2002, 2008, same boss laid me off. And that was the catalyst oh. for Ironstone. So why not start a small business consulting firm in December of 2008? Two, Uh, I am happy to say we have been going strong ever since. So we're 12 years old going into our 13th year um, at the end of this year. And uh, we get the privilege to work with advisors and teams. Um, We don't want to just work with the advisors. I think that's a real differentiator for us and what's important to us. We want to work with the whole entire team because we see so much more traction and implementation success by working with all of the players. um, And we get to help them to run the business. Exactly your topic today, what we're going over. Um, I'm going to talk to you about a, the fundamental four. Um, we'll get dive into that and what that is. And it's a blueprint to really help take away all of the uncertainty around how to run your business. So it's four fundamentals. There's eight subcategories underneath each. So there's really 32 line items that you can look at to really monitor, measure your practice, to take away all of the challenges of where to focus. So it's a matter of prioritizing those and putting them into place.
0: That's great. I'm looking forward to diving into the questions, which I'm sure you'll be referencing your, your fundamental four, because again, I think it is a it's, it's nothing to be fearful of. It's, it's hey, you need mm-hmm. to have a process, you need to know how to do it and you need yeah. guidance on it. And, and once you take those steps, it's, it's absolutely doable. So I think that's great. But, but thinking of until someone maybe gets that comfort and gets that help, I know you primarily work with, with independent advisors, but, but presumably you, you also engage some advisors maybe before they made that move. And a lot of that's my audience of, of folks that are, are on the path to independence. What are the what are the biggest fears, if if that's maybe the best word, that you hear from advisors that are that are not yet in that independent world, but they they say, Oh gosh, if I were if I were to start my own and, and as far as that run in the business, what do you think the biggest fears you've you've come across um, and and maybe how you've helped people address those?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fear is ultimately the unknown, especially if they're coming more from a wire wirehouse perspective and they haven't been in that maybe that hybrid model or they're coming from a bank channel into in considering independence because they haven't really had to run any aspect of the practice because they've had a branch manager or an operations manager doing that for them. I think that's where I see the biggest fears. When people are in that hybrid model, they have a little bit of a taste of the independence. So it's not so much of the unknown, but how much more will I have to take on? So. When people start thinking about independence, though, they start thinking about hiring team members and employees. And I've never done that. I've never had to manage people. I don't really want to manage people. I haven't had to think about process and systems because that's what we've been given. Um, and we're following a process from, again, a wire, a bank, and insurance, even some of the processes in some of the hybrid custodians that we work with. Um, so, from that perspective, it's just not knowing what to expect. And that enter the fundamental four is really helping to take all of that away to look at the different layers of what it takes to run a business. Um, And then we can match that up with the custodians and what processes they're using. What did they do when they came from, you know, wherever they were at to moving into independence. So we really, to your point, we really do cater to the independent firm. um, But we are really catering to those that have the independent mindset and wanting to move to independence if they're not already there.
0: And so, so for the folks that do make that move, what, you know, and obviously they got to get settled and, and kind of work yeah. to build their firm. D- do you find that, you know, after the fact they realize, oh, some of those fears they had, and, and maybe once they do get assistance and do get, you know, processes in place for it that, well, oh, maybe those aren't big issues after all. And and oh, maybe it's actually other areas that that I need to focus more time on. So, so kind of that, that contrast of what people fear going into it. And then when you see them on the other side, do do you see that evolve to to different, I don't want to say concerns, but different kind of focus areas they want to want to look into.
1: I think what they, you know, what their fear for love is really the whole operational aspect of it, because now I'll say it's kind of the wild West, right? Um, You can, have as many process and systems as, as you want but when you move into the independence there's more opportunity to customize everything that you do to the way you want to do it um, so i think that's the the depth and breadth of what you can customize everything is what their aha moments are because they're going oh okay i can do it exactly the way that's going to fit our client base and the way that we love to do this and the experience that we want to give to our clients versus having the restrictions on that they may have to follow. So I think that's a happy surprise that we observe um, that advisors have, and I think still the pain point is all around the human element side of things of you know really having to dig or dig deep into the hiring process and really getting into that and knowing how to do it to get the right team. And the right people on the bus, um, and so not only recruiting them, but motivating, managing them, and helping them to move up, you know, the, the ladder, and really have a career path. Um, I think that is somewhat overwhelming in their transition over because you know they don't have a branch manager, they don't have an HR support team behind them anymore. Um, so that's a that's a huge aha moment. Other other than hey, we can customize everything, we can really do whatever we want to do. Um, it's just the time intensity around practice management. If I can plant this seed for your listeners of if you will dedicate three hours a week to practice management, um, and then dedicate a day. I know that might make some people fall out of their chair when I say a whole day, but the people that we see that have the highest rate of success, um, implementation success, success all around practice management is they're willing to devote one day a month. And we call it a development day so that they can focus on the business itself and doing that together as a team. So, again, one day a month, 12 days out of the year, I think out of 365, you can find those days Uh, and it will be it will your business will be better for it without question, without question.
0: Yeah, obviously you're going off of experience on that. This is not just theory. This is 10 plus years of actually seeing what works and what what doesn't work. So uh, I I try to do that a lot of, put put things in perspective. So I think that's helpful that, that, you know, you think, oh gosh, a whole whole day. But then when you say 12 days out of 365, you say, okay, we we can find that. So um, I think that's a great way to look at it. What on, on these, so when advisors do realize whether, before they made the move, after they made the move, okay, I I could I could use some improvement in these areas. What do you think the main motivator, and it might be all of the above? Is it hey, I'm I'm wasting too much money on on trying to do X, Y, and Z? There's got to be a better way to do it, or oh, this is taking up too much of my time, or I'm I'm just extra stress. I I, I don't want to have because we have these maybe some employee challenges, or what? What, what do you think the main motivators that you've seen that the It kind of nudges people into say, okay, let's let's actually take some steps to try to improve these things.
1: I I mean, you really already answered the question because it is all of the above. But I think the drivers are, the primary business owner is wearing too many hats and they really want to impact more lives in their client base, and therefore they're really having to give the opportunity to people to elevate in their practice. And so it's getting clear on roles and responsibility and really getting a better workflow, Um, not reinventing the wheel every single time. Again, getting the right people on the bus, making a very customized, unique experience that they haven't been able to give before um, and just a different way to work and um, so we're you know we're working with already successful businesses it's now just the opportunity to create something that maybe they couldn't have when they were not in an independent and so it's really again I keep going i know i keep going back to that fundamental four um, and that was ultimately born out of all of the times that i was at those mutual fund firms because walking in every single day to a wire to an independent to an insurance to a bank all the channels across and seeing the same exact challenges so this is even before ironstone of getting to see what worked what didn't work what the pain points were so that really is the whole 25 years of collecting and where ironstone's fundamental four came from of seeing the repetition and consistency of what the pain points were for advisor offices and practices so it is all of the above but i think it's I want to have a stronger team. I want to have a better client experience and we want to do it as efficiently as
0: possible. And do you see, so, you know, I think, I think all advisors could relate to a lot of these, these items. Do, do you see it vary from, I mean, maybe, maybe you kind of answered this, but on from size of firm. So, you know, do, do they? does a small firm have the same challenge as a, lo- a large firm? And, and I guess the example I could see is, you know, an advisor with say 80 million, do they think, oh, only a firm with a billion really needs help with these sorts of things? Or, or do you see generally the, the range of challenges run the gamut from smaller firms to larger firms? And is it is it really all that different or is it just more amplified the larger you get?
1: It is more amplified, Brad, because you know, there's, you know, when you're in that 1 billion, you know, you have more team flyers. Um, so you have more moving parts. It's still all the fundamental four items of, okay, what's your workflow? Um, what are your process and systems? It doesn't matter if you are a two person team or a 20 person team, you still have to have workflow. You still have to have clarity of who is doing what you still have to have clarity of, you know, what are our goals and objectives for the next 12 months. That is the same, regardless of the size of the firm, it's just more moving parts.
0: Yeah, and I want to dive in in a second. If I want to dive further into your fundamental four of exactly kind of how that how that works, but uh, you know, a question before that that that, and, and maybe the answer is is right there under the fundamental four, and we we jump into that is what do you say to that? We'll, we'll say the wirehouse advisor. So again, that has never could be a fantastic advisor. Twenty five mm-hmm. years, wonderful. Nothing we can teach them about being an advisor. But, but again, hey, being a small business owner is a, a different path. So what do you say to that perhaps warehouse advisor that says, well, if I, if I go independent, I'm going to spend too much time running the business and not, not as much time what I, what I maybe really like doing, which is, is being an advisor, managing money, working with clients. Uh, I'm sure you've, you've heard that you know, kind of line countless times over the years. I mean, what do you, what do you tell that advisor? That's, ah, "I I don't, I'll spend too much time doing all that.
1: It's a great question. It's a valid question, but I want to I'm curious and want to know more of what they think it takes to run the business and what are those actual items that they're concerned that they're going to spend the time on, Uh, because, again, that just goes back to set it and forget it. The development day being able to outline, you know, I'm going to start picking up, you know, uh, props here in a second with whiteboard and flip charts and markers. And that's the whole experience of the development day to really sit down and be able to figure out what is it that we want to do, because if you spend that development day to really outline it and then beta test it and put it into place, that's going to make you more efficient. So you don't have to keep looking at how to run the business. um, If you focus on putting the process and systems together, So it is, yes. Is it time intensive? I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not because it is, but if you just avoid it and don't want to focus on it um, to put together your process systems, again, who's on the bus, all of the like, your strategic plan, business plan. It's going to be forever having to be thought of um, now i will say here's back to your other question of like well, what's the difference between the one billion dollar practice versus the the smaller team you know two three four person team which still could be a billion dollar practice at that size but the, the smaller teams you know there is everybody's having to wear different hats the larger teams you can have a literal lane that you potentially can stay in because you have more manpower on the, that larger team. Um, you have more resources. So it, yes, it's easier. And what we find with the larger teams, the number one hire that they are doing, um, is for lack of a better term, I'm going to say a COO, a chief operating officer. So an operations manager an office manager. So somebody that's really running the house. So when you get to that level of practice, you know, billion dollar up. That's where we see that additional role that's really crucial so that the CEO, business owner, advisor can focus on, you know, total business development, client facing uh, external focus, if you will, versus that COO, ops manager, you know, office manager type is focusing internally and running the house. So managing all of the elements that it takes to avoid that very challenge of like, I'm going to be overloaded with trying to think of running every aspect of the practice.
0: And so what do you, so we kind of, we use, just use an example of something that's not yet there, but we we kind of look at both scenarios. So obviously someone that's already perhaps in the RA model that some of this is is resonating and said, wow, I, I could, I could certainly improve in certain areas. And then there's also the advisor, right. That recognizes hey, I'm going to want to have a plan for this stuff. I'm not yet independent. I'm, I'm working through all the steps of going independent, but I'm, I'm going to want to have a plan for this ahead of time. And so that's kind of two, two different kind of client profiles. I'm, I'm assuming you, you obviously work with both, but e- either one, and again, I know they're, they're a little different, but an advisor that says, hey, I, I could use some help. I could use some good processes here. Again, this is like anything else. You just have to put a process in place and, and have, a, have a good way to go about doing it. If an advisor calls you up and says, Andrea, saw you on Brad's video, saw you at a conference, uh, here's, my, here's my challenge, what, how can you help me? I mean, what does that engagement look like? What, what's that first conversation? H- how do you progress with them to know if you can even help them? And then, and then, and then maybe this is where we get into the fundamental four. What, what's that look like if someone were to reach out to you to say, hey, I need some help here?
1: Well, I love the question, first of all, because it's everybody's question of like, okay, what happens next, right? Um, We want to explore because just as much as there are, you know, consultants and coaches in the industry and everybody's, you know, great in that space that we can name all of all of the top ones. What's the most important part is, is are we a good fit for you? It's not just about our resources, but are we a good fit for each other? So we want to explore with advisors, um, what's working, what's not working, you know, what's their learning style, what coaches have they worked with previously, what's worked and what hasn't worked in those relationships. And really what my curiosity, where it lies most is why now, why now, what was the catalyst? for this shift or change or consideration to move to independence or just even what, what is the catalyst of why you're thinking about practice management now? Um, just to give you an example, I, I had uh, gone to a conference, and again, this was like two years ago, uh, and uh, the advisor uh, had the similar experience view with the whole thumb drive. So I'm glad you, you know, because I can shorten the story, had that literally last week called, and he goes, I'm ready. Now, this has been two years ago, mind you. <laughs> and I said, Okay, what changed? What's happening? What's going on? Um, he has multiple locations. Now he has more players. Now he feels out of sorts now because there's more moving parts. And he's like, ah, we don't have enough work workflow. That's like consistent. And there's a lot of inefficiencies and I'm not sure who's doing what anymore. I mean, everybody's got their title and everybody's got their lane, but I feel like stuff's falling through the cracks and I can't sleep at night anymore that is a typical conversation um, and so i just want to explore with you to see if we're even the right fit but the beauty of ironstone is um, some people call us the hub because when we look at the fundamental four graphic and uh, i will send that to you brad so you have that and can share it with your your audience um, but when you look at that we align ourselves with strategic partners just like you right and so somebody can fit in each of our fundamental four areas so if we're not the right fit for them we want to send them to where they will be the right fit and um, because truly you know my number one focus is what's going to be in that best interest of that advisor and that team um, i was just working with another team we did a whole analysis of their practice there's a lot of moving parts they are the billion dollar firm um, and we can help them and are helping them but i happen to know somebody that's back in the market um, that happens to be in the coo lane so we introduced them made a connection and guess what i became the recruiter by accident for that uh colleague of mine and they hired him because they really need a coo so did that change our engagement engagement absolutely do i feel good about that absolutely because i know that they got what they actually needed
0: yeah, which is which is I mean at the end of the day that's sometimes half the battle is just turn over the stones you don't you don't even realize and I think you mentioned that to me once and, and by the way uh, for anyone listening uh, I will put the, the fundamental four uh, blueprint there in the show notes so on the website transition to com you'll be able to find it uh, and I think you, you told me once that you know you use that or you just you know commented here as well to help kind of Dissect the the areas that that maybe could be improvement, and that it that it also turns over, you know, areas that that perhaps the advisor the teams hadn't even considered. And all of a sudden, when you kind of walk them through it, oh, well, there's there's areas you could improve here. It it certainly uh, you know can can expand into to, to different ways to to improve the overall practice. So I assume that the the fundamental force not just kind of a, a a guidebook, but it's also a discovery tool as well to say, hey, what What opportunities do we have here? Is that how you generally describe it, or or how do you position that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the blueprint, and it helps us to outline, you know, where we're going to work, how we're going to work together. And so we really start with a practice analysis using the fundamental four. And remember, I said I want to work with the whole entire team, whether that's two people. I mean, whether it's one person or you know, twenty plus, whatever the number is, we want to have everybody in that practice analysis experience. So, and it's really asking you questions all around the fundamental four items of, you know, what's working or what's not working about this particular element. Um, And it's, you know, you know what a SWOT analysis is, it's strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. So that's part of, our fundamental for and scoring of all of those 32 line items that are inside of that blueprint. But we also have a SWOT portion of it Um, and then really collapse or I shouldn't say collapse compile all of that data into a report card. Um, And in that report card, we're going to provide you with a roadmap after our findings and say, hey, here's what we uncovered and discovered. Um, Here's the patterns. Uh, So remember when I said about in the mutual fund days, it was was easy to see patterns no no matter where I walked into. So it's the same experience from that whole entire team. We're looking for patterns and consistencies of what's working and what's not working so that we can lay out a roadmap and recommendations for what a 12-month time frame looks like. So whatever that engagement is after that, it's really to be determined because if you're really great implementers, you may not need us as your accountability partner and guide in a, you know, full on engagement versus, yeah, you want somebody to be with you along the whole way to be determined
0: by all of that assessment. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the, the 12 months, which I know is just kind of one example, because I was going to ask you, you know, uh, and, and take that. I, I love the the kind of real life example, you know, the advisor that now has multiple locations, the so kind of teams spread out and it's starting to cause, undue stress or unnecessary stress and, and things aren't as efficient. And so when someone like that comes to you and, and, and thanks for answering. Cause I, I, I do always like trying to set up, you know, Hey, when I call in, what, what can I expect? So thanks for answering that. But, but with that is also the, okay, how long is this going to take to, to fix it? And, and of course that's a, hard question to ask because I'm I'm sure these scenarios are all over the place and people would love you to somehow magically come in and in in three hours with the team and all problems are solved that's that's not the case so how do you yeah how do you just magically fix it so I mean how do you you know and, and I want to put you on the spot because there is no there is no specific answer to it but when someone comes in and does like your services does need your help Kind of what are they looking at from an engagement standpoint, and is, and is it even finite, or do some people work with you on a continuous basis because they know their firm's going to be evolving continuously? Yeah.
1: Well, the, the primary thing I will say is we never want to make somebody codependent upon us. Um, that's why we love giving resources away. That's why we give true real world application um, something that you could take and utilize immediately. Um, And that's our whole purpose is to give you tools, templates, and resources so that you don't have to think of what that looks like or is, we're gonna give you an actual thing. And then you take it, take what you like, dump the rest is a statement that I will always say. Um, And the timeline absolutely depends upon everybody's unique situation. So I can't say it's a cookie cutter, oh, it's always 12 months. What I will say, though, is we're very privileged to get to work with the teams that we do, um, whether they've started with us in a project way. So maybe they just say, you know, we just need help with performance feedback system, or we need help with a compensation structure or segmentation service metrics or new client onboarding or job descriptions and roles and responsibilities. We can pull any one of those items off of our fundamental four to work in more of a project aspect, which, you know, can be anywhere from three to four months. Um, If you want to really look at the whole entire practice, that's where we get into the 12 month type of engagement. Folks that stay in that stay in it anywhere from one to three years. And why that range of time is because how well did they implement the one-year folks are like laser focused on this they're committed to the development days they're committed to the practice management focus on a week-to-week basis um, and they just knocked it out of the park they like to then go more of a as needed hey let me just check in with you when we need you and we love that so I would say Nobody's really ever gone away from us um, over these, you know, 12 plus years, which, again, I'm very humbled and and, um, excited to say that, but they've just changed of how they want to work with us. Um, We run assessments too from pre-hire, you know, Myers-Briggs and PXT Select, uh, pre-hire and after hire um, so some people just work with us and utilize those assessments so not everybody's in a full you know or a project engagement of coaching it just really depends and that goes back to your question of you know what happens if somebody wants to explore that's exactly it let's explore let's put 30 minutes an hour on the calendar and i want to hear your story and what's going on in your practice and then i know i can direct you either internally in ironstone or again, we have a lineup of strategic partners, you know, much like you, Brad. When I'm listening to folks and you're a great fit because they have more in depth questions on the transition, you are the first person I think of.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. And, um, Certainly, certainly want to reciprocate uh, because I think, uh, again, with 10 plus years of, of seeing it firsthand, I know how much value you bring to advisors. And, and a, a fun story on that. And, and as, as you were talking, it, it occurred to me or reminded me that um, you're talking about repeat clients of yours or, or that they help and then they come back in the future. And, and I remember, on, again, back to these presentations you'd give, that there were people in the audience that were either your current clients or past clients, um, that are still coming back to you and wanting to digest everything you have to say. And I think, cause then you could tell because they'd reference it when they, you know, asked a question from the audience. And I think that's a, a testament to, uh, obviously they, they, they found value in what you did because then, then here they are not just circling back to you in general, but, but sitting through probably their third presentation you've given, you know? So, uh, I think, uh, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. And, uh, like I said, a good Testament on that. Uh, so with that, I, I think this um, hopefully has been very helpful for you know any existing independent advisor or team that you know hopefully gets the wheels thinking of oh wow is there maybe ways we could do stuff better and I would I would encourage everyone don't don't wait till it reaches that that pain point that yeah. you know obviously then you're 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 probably really going to want you know some help but just where there's opportunity to make things more efficient and whether that ultimately drives a better. Your bottom line for your firm or provides you with more time to do activities you, you prefer to spend your time on, whether that's inside or outside of the business, I think that's great. And then uh, for, for any advisors that are thinking about going independent, which is a large part of my audience, is to be ready for this part of yeah. running the business, is, is having this kind of support. And again, just as, as I, I walk advisors through, if you're going down the RA model, You're ultimately building out a a team of service providers around you that are going to help you with these different areas, whether it's compliance or marketing. And and I would just encourage everyone to put put that practice management piece into one of those those slices that, that you will want to manage and you will want to work with with people that can really help you put in good processes to uh, to handle that. So, so with that, uh, Andrew, for people that want to get a hold of you, want to learn more about, uh, like I said, we're gonna put some stuff in the show notes, but ultimately, what's the best way to get a hold of you and, and learn more about your offering?
1: Absolutely. So you can find us online, ironstonehq.com. So I-R-O-N-S-T-O-N-E-H-Q.com. And guess what? There is a practice analysis that all of your listeners can take right online. Absolutely zero dollars. Um, it's going to lead you through the fundamental four. So, you know, there's a big orange button on the home screen. Um, you can access some of our videos. We're not video heavy like you are, sir. So <laughs> I aspire to be you in, in video. I don't know production. If it's a good thing,
0: but it's a thing
1: <laughs> No, it's a good thing. Um, so yeah, you can find us right online. It'll lead you to, you know, all of our social links um, from our website. So, so we're online on LinkedIn and Twitter and, you know, Facebook, all that good stuff. But yes, go try out the practice analysis. It's gonna lead you through the fundamental four, um, which is again strategic planning, business development, operational effectiveness, and the human element. So those are your four fundamentals that'll help you stay focused on your business. And you'll get a report from the website. You may or may not like it, but it's <laughs> gonna point it's gonna point out and help you out.
0: Perfect. Well, we will link to all of that in the show notes. So I appreciate you making those resources available. And uh to wrap up as a as a parting note, um I would uh point out that uh, when I launched my firm, and so it's a, a little different capacity from what I do versus, you know, an advisor launched a firm. But when I, when I first launched my firm, Andrea reached out to me and, and Andrea, I just want to say, you know, thank you for that. She just proactively reached out to, to tell me congratulations and to provide encouragement, uh, which, so that was, that was very nice. And I, and I certainly appreciate that. Um, but then Andrea also gave, gave me a lot of just tips on how I can maybe do things better to run my business. And it's interesting exercise because after it, I, I you know, you, you and I have talked a number of times, but but specifically after I got off one time, I'm looking at all my notes and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I, how did I not think of this, or how did I not already realize this would be a good way to do it? And it's just a reminder that sometimes you need a third party viewpoint looking at you or an expert that's done this countless times before. There's just little little resources and tools you brought to my attention that. I just hadn't even thought of, it. And, and and some of it, you're like, man, how how could I not have thought of? then it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing a million different yeah. things, just like any small business owner is gonna do. So, I, I saw it firsthand, and and so I just appreciate you you helping me with that. But I think uh, I can I can absolutely express from personal experience how you can help folks with that, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So, thank you for that, and uh, appreciate your time uh, on the show today. Absolutely, thanks, Brad.